1: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Meredith, and Meredith became friends with a toxic person who fabricated a massive smear campaign against her. It's a story of flying monkeys, fearing confrontation, manipulation, and forgiveness. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Meredith, I just want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., Leave us a five-star written review if you can, or just a regular five-star review, as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you have not been to our website recently at NarcissistApocalypse.com, and you want to be part of our show, go there to NarcissistApocalypse.com. At the top of the page, there is a button. It says guest form. Click on that button, fill out the form. I'll read everything about your story. Eventually, I'll get back to you and uh we'll go from there and however the quickest way to be part of our show is to also go to narcissistapocalypse.com and to read a letter to your narcissist as we are compiling letters for our volume four of that episode so if you go to our website on the right hand side there will be a button that says voicemail recorder or send voicemail click that button And away you'll go. It records up to five minutes to record as much as you need. So if you have to record once, twice, three times, four times, do it as many times as you need to do it. That is at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Click the send voicemail button. If you want myself or my old pal Melissa to read your letter instead, just send it to us at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. And what else do I have here on my list to go through today? Um, Our Patreon. Everyone, we have a Patreon. Yes. On our Patreon, you can listen to episodes that have not aired before. Some review episodes that I do with my old pal, Melissa. We talk about the Sopranos. We talk about Livia Soprano. we talked about... uh, What else? We've done an episode on Degrassi where there was an abuse episode on Degrassi, a classic old one, Canadian content, things along those lines. And we've even talked about the album of Fiona Apple recently. So we've done some odd things on there. Hopefully we'll get some former guests on there soon. So if you want to be part of our Patreon, be a patron of our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash uh, another thing that we've been doing, I started an Instagram channel. I used to call it Chums, but we had a copyright issue. So it's now called Pals. <laughs> and it's a friend spoof using a friend's Lego set. And you can find it on Instagram at this week on Pals. And we've renamed all the characters. We've given them all a myriad of mental health problems, including... There is a narcissist on the show. Ross is now boss. He is a covert narcissist, and he is just the worst. And uh, go there if you want to be entertained and, and discuss uh, other mental health issues besides narcissism. There is narcissism there, especially when uh, Boss is on an episode. He is evil. Um, and I, that we're close to being it. This is a, a really interesting episode. This is the first episode we've done that involves uh, a friend. So I want to thank uh, Meredith. Meredith. Uh, Beforehand, I thank her during the show uh, For being on this episode And hopefully you'll be able to follow the whole way through There are a lot more characters involved Because, you know, there's a husband Um, There is a former husband who has passed away We have the perpetrator And then we have a a couple of other friends that are mentioned So uh, we do our best to kind of recap during Spots Um, But it's a really interesting story It follows you know, uh, even though it's a friend's story, it does follow uh, the pattern if it was like a relationship. So you'll find a lot of similarities between the relationship uh, stuff and this friend's story. And what happened was a path of destruction in this story kind of just unfolded unbeknownst to uh, Meredith. So I want to really want to thank Meredith one last time for taking part in being part of this uh, episode. So Without further ado, I'm going to get out of my way and your way. Here is my conversation with Meredith. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Meredith. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm really happy it's July.
1: Well, I'm happy it's July. I'm happy you are here. We initially started talking. Uh, we did, talked in I think October, September, October of last year, or of 2019, and I've always had your story in my head. i mean This is a. You know, we've had many stories on on this show, all different. Types of stories, and yours, I think, will be the first one that has to do with a friend. And everyone who is listening, I mean, this is uh, a story of destruction. You know, we went through, I, I went away for a little bit thinking, How do we tell this story the best way? Because there's a lot of moving parts to the story, and then eventually, um, I was like, You know what? Let's just record this, let's just do it. And I'm happy you're here with me today. Uh unfortunately you're here with me today but I'm happy you're here. Um so uh I'm just going to get out of my way and your way and the floor Meredith is now yours.
0: Awesome. So I'll just start by sort of giving you just a little background information about myself. Um I work in the in the health and fitness industry. Um I've dedicated myself in my life to helping people. Um I'm very uh everybody that knows me um you know, and that likes me, talks about my kindness and my overgiving. And uh, I grew up in a family, you know, that's another show, but I grew up in a family uh, where I was the gentle, easy one. Um, And so I was, I'm very predisposed to people pleasing and also very much uh, seeing my self-worth in the validation of others. So, you know, I was like the head, I was the star of everything as a child growing up. I worked very hard to be the best at everything. Um, I was the best friend, the best athlete, the best academic. Um, And so I I had this um, very much uh, growing up and into just recently until this situation happened. And I had to fix myself um, this uh, propensity to avoid conflict at all costs make it easy on everybody to be around me overgive over um extend myself uh in all ways to make everybody around me happy and comfortable and safe at the expense of myself so that was a that's a big personality flaw right like um due to you know that's another show about the childhood right yes. but, but but that's that's who i am so I've dedicated my life to helping people. I've dedicated my life to others, so which I love, which is a great thing. That's my nature. So when I was um, seventeen, I met this boy named Nick, and he was wildly beautiful and he was wildly amazing. And he chased me for about six months, and we started dating, and it was this whirlwind romance, the first love, you know, of the books. And uh, Nick and I <clears throat> ended up getting engaged. And I got pregnant uh, when I was 20. Um, four weeks after our Nick and I's son was born, Nick was tragically killed in an accident, um, a workplace accident. So I was left widowed, alone, and uh, life was pretty horrible. So there was this girl named Janice. Um, I had met her, <clears throat> spent time with her once uh, in the you know the two couple years that Nick and I were dating and um, she'd given us a crib and some baby clothes. I met her once, and um, she, when I met her, she was saying sort of these weird, she was making these weird comments, um, and I talked to Nick about it, and he said, oh, well, I dated her for like three months. She was married at this point in time. I dated her for like three months. And I said, oh. I said, yeah, we're, she's fun to party with, so I stayed friends with her, but she was the craziest, meanest person I ever dated, but I I don't know. I was just really young. Like I was a kid. Um, yeah. And that was it. She never spent time with us. She wasn't in our life, nothing. So, um, anyways, fast forward to, uh, my son, um, years later, uh, my son is, you know, in his teens and he is friends with her son, um, because her Janice's ex-husband, Uh, Is friends with now my new husband. My new husband's name is Tom. Uh, We got married three years after Nick died. And this is where, you know, this is where things get complicated. Tom was Nick's best friend. So I fell in love with Nick's best friend, Tom. Um, We have a beautiful life, beautiful relationship, beautiful home, beautiful everything, beautiful friends, beautiful family. Um, And uh, we've been married 15 years.
1: So just to clarify, you are married to Tom for 15 years, and during this time, does uh, Janice live in the same town as you?
0: No. Well, uh, for a little while, she did, but we didn't really, um, we didn't spend time with her. Um, We moved out, we we were living in sort of, uh, you know, the prairies, and we moved out to Vancouver um, about about twelve years ago, we moved out so, to Vancouver. So, so 12 for years people
1: ago. who are not in Canada, uh, this person moved the equivalent of half a country away from where this other person lives.
0: Yeah, I moved half a country away
1: from where Janice yes. lives, and Canada is massive. So, we're talking—I uh, don't even know how many miles. Just it's—it's it's a long, <laughs> long. Like you got to take a plane. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: a couple thousand kilometers, a thousand miles. You know. Long, long ways away. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 Janice was a very controversial figure within my husband and I's friend groups back in the prairies. Janice, um, and I didn't know her, but I had heard rumors every now and then about her just because we had lots of mutual people. And, um, Janice, uh, was known as being vicious um her she was known as causing a lot of problems for her ex-husband um she was known for um being horrible to women being horrible to men um she was known for uh you know she would live with a guy for a year and a half and then take him for what he was worth, you know, um, not, you know, just in a relationship year and a half, she had a propensity to move from man to man and get huge payouts from men. So she had this gold digging reputation. So she was known as, uh, you know, manipulating married men to fix her car or, you know, ending, you know, a wife coming home and she's naked in the hot tub with the husband and then. You know, angry at the wife because how dare you be angry at me? I'm, you know, your husband said I could get naked. And just crazy things like that were following her around all the time. So she had this extreme look, this extreme way of behaving. And uh, I had only had a few interactions with her over the years. But because of my link, her link to um, Nick and also my husband, Tom, because they all hung out as 18 year olds for a little while, not long. Um, you know, she was around and her ex-husband was very good friends with now my new husband. So anyways, I, I don't really see, nor hide or hair. I don't, you know, she's not in my life. So a few summers ago, um, I get this phone call and it's, um, uh, Janice, uh, well, my husband does, Janice has moved out to Vancouver and, uh, she's living with a parent and, um, she wants to spend time with Tom. She wants to hang out with Tom. And I was, you know, I didn't really think anything of it, and nothing really came of it. And I went away to my friend's, my friend has a West Coast cabin, and I went away to the West Coast for a few days. And when I got home, Janice was at my house. And it was very apparent that she had been staying there all weekend. And I was confused. and But, of course, I would, I, would, I just avoided conflict at all and I didn't say anything and we went out um, on the boat later onto the ocean we have we have a boat and she was rude to me and cold to me and sort of little passive aggressive comments when I would speak and uh, I still of course never said anything because that's my nature to get along at all costs of myself so uh, that happened
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA a member FDSC.
0: So a few months later, she called again and wanted to come hang out. And this time we had a we had a house full of people. And my husband said, yeah, come out. You can come. And she got a glimpse into my life. And all of a sudden, overnight, she was my best friend, um, complimenting just just, it was like overnight. And if, if I'm a very cautious person, um, I have a lot of friends, but I only actually have a few people that I let into my inner circle. Um, because I have had this traumatic upbringing in a lot of ways. So I'm not a fast friend by any means. I'm a kind friend and I'm a, I'm a, you know, a neighborly person to all, but in terms of that close, tight knit social circle, that you know, you're my bestie. It takes a long time for someone to become my bestie. Um, and I feel like, you know, that's, that's a mature way to develop um, wonderful relationships. You just, you just don't hop off, you know. But I, I don't know what happened. So all of a sudden, you know, she was um, complimenting me, and I have the best life, and um, she's just so happy I'm here. And she used our connection with Nick to flatter me. That I was, you know, she's so happy I was with Nick and I changed Nick's life. And, you know, um, and, uh, you know, um, she's so proud of me the way I'm raising Nick's son. And she was very, very overly um, affectionate and overly familiar with my son. And I let that, I don't know, but I let that I don't know what I was doing. Um, and then it was, she was fun. She brought heart, like she drank all the time. She partied. She had these fun sayings, everything. Her energy was quite large and high. And, um, and, and all of a sudden she started using um, language, you know, uh, similar language. So um, you're my ride or die. You're we're family. And this is like within a month. We're all family, Um you know, I, I had this horrible life in the prairies and I want to change and, and you are so amazing and you're empathetic and I'm empathetic too. And everything that I liked, she liked everything that I wanted to do, she wanted to do. And my husband travels a lot for work. So there's a periods of time where I'm alone and it is a bit lonely. And all of a sudden I had this super fun, um, charismatic friend to fill that space with me. But Um, You know, very quickly, um, the drinking got accelerated, the partying got accelerated, her being around me all the time was, you know, draining me a little bit. And uh, it was, you know, it was this time where it's like, wow, this person has so much in common with me, knows my history, um, thinks I'm wonderful, validates me in all those ways, um, wants to help me in my life and uh, be my best friend wow, this is amazing. She's nothing, you know, I know I heard all these horrible things about her and I've seen her behave horribly, but clearly she's changed.
1: So... At that, um, at that point, you're hooked. I mean, you're in and um, she's done what uh, a anyone in a relationship with a narcissist, in actual uh, physical relationship with one where this person has love bombed you and trust-bombed yeah. you in the exact mm-hmm. ways that you needed for that to be uh, gained. Did, were there red other red flags that were going on at this time, um, which you ignored? Maybe things like talking ill of other people uh, that you might be friends with or things like that to separate you?
0: Yes. So, um, so the love bombing, within a few months, it it was like so quickly. Within a month or two, like we're ride or die, I'm her family. I'm her this. So this um I was very, very close when it was one of my neighbors, um uh and we had been friends for, you know, a good eight, nine years. And I spent a lot of time with her because she's my neighbor. And I just I just loved her. And um but we have very different personalities, her and I. And uh so, of course, I brought Janice around her and um, Janice always uh, uh, Janice just like sort of wanted to just bond with the men more, I guess, around. So Janice kind of I know this lasered in on my friend's husband and uh, which I mean, we all just ignored because I come from this huge group of women and we we don't hit on each other's husbands and we don't uh, do things, uh, you know, there's there's just so much trust that that. We can all have a great time. And and, um, at the time, there was so much trust, I felt, my perception was, I guess. So, um, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. And um, something bad happened between this friend and I. It was a very bad conflict. And uh, it was a big one, for sure. Um, And immediately, that gave Janice an opportunity to now put roadblocks and start isolating me from my friends. So um, I was vulnerable. And uh, so Janice would use language like, um, uh, I know you're too close to this and you're not seeing her for who she really is. And I'm older than you and I've had friends like this. And I would never do this to you. And this is not okay. And you are being irresponsible by letting someone like this in your life. And, um, I'm here for you and I'm your family and I would never treat you this way. And so already, you know, my emotions and my feelings were elevated about this conflict. And, um, you know, she was my bestie and she loved me and she, this. So I immediately allowed her to dictate how I was going to move forward with my neighbor. You know, at the end of the day, I allowed it. But it was just so everything she said made sense at the time. So um, what happened was, is I stonewalled my neighbor. So I just completely shut communication down. And of course, remember, I'm afraid of conflict. And um, I very much uh, uh, am validated by the way people see me. So if someone's angry at me, it terrifies me, right? So, So I, you know, with... Uh, the help of Janice, you know, I'm the one that's here for you. Um I stonewalled um, I stonewalled my neighbor and my neighbor because her personality is different, she lashed out and said some really hurtful things to me, like horribly hurtful things to me. So that actually gave Janice validated everything Janice said about my neighbor. Like it just it just was this perfect storm of validation. So I just said, you know, I'm I'm done with this friendship. And um and Janice actually said, which this was the, this was the red flag. This was the ultimate red flag that I ignored. And Janice said to me, um, I'm really glad that you aren't friends with her because I don't like her at all. Um, you're my ride or die. And I don't want to have to spend time with someone like that. And you know, um, for the record, her husband would be so much happier with me. And I was like, what? That, what? And I just, it was such a weird thing to say, but of course I ignored it. And of course I just kind of let it go. Like, you know, that's, that's weird. And then Janice became quite, so my neighbor, you know, blocked me on social media and she got her husband to do the same. And they were very angry with me. And um, Janice was quite obsessed with the fact that my, my neighbor's husband blocked her and she would you know, talking... She quite was quite obsessed with it and talked about their connection and how they were connected. And she had only maybe met him two or three times. Maybe. Maybe if that. So that was kind of the first go. And I was very broken by this conflict with my neighbor. I didn't handle it well. I wasn't open to um, dealing with the conflict properly. And it um, damaged me. Like, it... I'm. It really damaged me a lot. I, I was traumatized by the whole situation. So... That was around Christmas time. And then as we moved into the new year, Janice kept love bombing me. And um, that's kind of when her nature started coming out. Now, remember, I know all these horrible things about her past that other people have said that she's done to them. So now, you know, I'm sort of kind of starting to see some of that behavior. So I started getting so at the time out here, there's a lot of artisans and there's a lot of farm work. And at the time... I was doing um, bits of work for people. Um, my my health business wasn't busy, so I know I know everybody that lives out here. So I was getting hired for these little like, we need somebody to come in and package this stuff up four days, like twenty five bucks an hour. We need somebody to come and um, get the market stuff ready, twenty bucks an hour. So I had all these little great jobs that connect me with all kinds of people in my community, and so I started bringing her along to the jobs and getting her jobs um, because she was. Um, always crying and uh, saying that her ex-husband was keeping her poor, and she didn't have you know um, any money because of him. So I I started taking her around to these jobs, and at this one particular job, she became quite focused on uh, the manager. It was this man, and she became quite focused on him. And he had had a history with another worker. Um, her name is D. Let's call her just and um, so uh, Janice came to me and said, I told the manager that you um, that D made you feel uncomfortable and that you couldn't work with D anymore. I said, what? I don't I don't feel that way about anybody. Why would why would you say that? And she went, "Shh. that's just what girlfriends do. And I thought, you know, red flag comes up, and I, I just put, push it away. And so things like that started happening, more and more little manipulation things. So it got to the point where she was in my home all of the time, um, constantly taking my attention, um, drinking all the time and partying. And now, you know, I'm responsible for her to get her jobs. And now she's sort of messing with me and my integrity and my reputation uh, within jobs and saying that I'm doing things that I'm not uh, for her gain. Now, I started kind of paying attention to her a little bit. And she was a wonderful listener, wonderful, wonderful listener. And she would act like she was interested in people. And what I soon found out was she had no interest in listening for connection and building connection with people. It was a way for her to farm information out of people to, um, to use against them or create situations for her favor. So she was an opportunist in every way. So, so at this particular job that I had, um, she, she now wanted to get rid of this manager's girlfriend. So she would sit with the girlfriend and invite the girlfriend out for coffee and um, learn about the girlfriend so she'd learn little bits of information. So the day that, her fa- the, the day that Janice's dad died, I spent the day with Janice. And instead of crying and grieving and, um, you know, the normal things that any of us would do if we're, our dad would die, she set herself up to be painted at an artist collective, her portrait. So she has a very interesting face. And like I said, the way that she puts a lot of effort is the way she looks. So I went with her to this collective where the day her father died, she sat on a chair while everybody painted her face and validated the way she looked. And she loved every minute of it and did not shed a tear for her father. And after this was done, all she could talk about was how this manager's girlfriend was using him for his power and his money. And she knows for a fact that this girl is cheating on him with this guy who happened to be a friend of mine, but Janice didn't know because she doesn't know that I know everybody. And um, she knows, and we and we need to tell this manager and we need to stop her from being with him because he's horrible. And she just was so concentrated on it. And I said to her, we're not doing that because that's not true. This is my friend that you're talking about. How dare you? No, I got you this job. You're not causing these problems for people. no. And then she looked at me and said, whose side are you on anyways? Whose side are you on? So that's kind of when she started showing me like being, not being covert with things anymore. Now it was so, but I still continue to do things for her. So I think that she believed at this point in time, she controlled everything I thought and could take from me in any way she could. This episode is brought to you by Snapple.
1: So at, at this time, because you, you say you're still doing things for her, but you, at the same time you stood up for her, were you uh, discussing any of this stuff with your husband? And no. were you – what kind of in, internal conflict at this point are you having with yourself? Because you, I'm sure there's this one part saying like to yourself like everything is true. This person is a bad person, but you still have like – uh not that you couldn't get rid of them. Uh, there's something about them that still has you. you you've been trauma bonded in in, in, a, in a way. So, is there a conflict going on, and are you feeling uh, a push and pull, or are you just feeling kind of, uh, if you were to move away from her, are you feeling guilt or anything like that?
0: Um, what it what it was was I felt so horrible about this conflict that I had with my close friend and neighbor, and so. Um, and I also, as a child, and that's another, you know, another podcast, but as a child, I was, I was conditioned to, um, that it was my fault when someone did something bad to me, or it was my fault when I spoke up about something that, that you know, that someone was bad doing, was when someone was doing something bad to me, it was essentially, blitz. so that was my childhood conditioning. So I had this war inside of me that I, I couldn't take another conflict and that if I spoke up and told anybody that I would get flamed or I would get attacked. Um, but at the same time, you know, she would be horrible. And then she, the other face would come on and be wonderful and like bring me flowers or ask to babysit my kids so I could have a night out with my husband and tell me how beautiful my hair looked or whatever. So there was this there. So then I quite I started questioning myself, like. This is a horrible thing she did, but then she does this super nice thing. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, you kind of feel, you see the manipu, You see it, but then you're questioning yourself about what you see.
1: So... And at that um, point, you don't know that that other person is a complete facade.
0: Yeah, yeah. not quite yet. Yeah. No, not quite, not quite yet. So... Uh, at this time, she plans um, she plans a trip for me to go to Europe with her. And she, she's from a, a country in Europe. We won't reveal that. But anyway, so she wants me to go to Europe for, with her for two weeks. So I say, sure. I've never been to Europe. Let's go to Europe. So um, we're getting ready to go to Europe. And at that time, her son, he's 20, he moves to town. So he starts spending time with my son. And this kid... Um, is very, very um, difficult. And she starts, you know, this is his father's fault, and it's not my fault I couldn't, you know, I'm a single mother. She always had these crazy explanations for things. I'm a single mother, a working single mother. Well, she worked two years. <laughs> That's it. I could, well, It's not my fault they didn't get fed. Like, I didn't have time. It's not my fault I couldn't take them to activities. Now I know that, you know, she was just in the bar all the time. So... That's why she couldn't take her children or raise her children, but she would blame this dysfunction of her 20-year-old son and, and his inability to do anything on the dad um, and his anger and all the things that he was up to. So in steps, Monica. Um, Monica, so we're planning this trip to Europe. Monica is um, my best friend. She has been best friends with me for 10 years. Our families are absolutely intertwined. Um, If Monica's sick, I take care of her and her kids. Um, They come on holidays with us. They come to my family functions. Um, Monica um, spends time with my mother. You know, when Monica goes to a different city to have courses, she stays with my mom in my mom's apartment. Um, My children call them auntie and uncle. So they're a very intertwined friend group. So Monica says, listen, I'm going to help you with your kid. I'm going to give him a job. He can move into my house. He has nowhere to live. Um, And he can work for me. Well, this, for some reason, angered Janice. And she started unraveling. And uh, this is now when Janice was at full, you know, she got her way with my neighbor and me. And so Janice became, in front of me anyways, a new Janice. So she began saying horrible things about my friends Um, She referred to Monica as new mommy. Um, She uh, would go over and spend time with Monica and some of Monica's neighbors and friends and tell me about all the horrible things that Monica says and Monica does. And Monica is a horrible mother and pinches, you know, physically hurts her children, pinches her young daughter. Um, Monica, I don't know the true Monica. And so all of a sudden now she is the victim of my friend Monica and my Monica's family that they're these horrible people and that her son is living with these horrible people and new mummy is just a hero. And so very jealous of Monica and her husband and her son's relationship. It got so bad that she would outwardly talk about it in my home. She would get on the phone with her son. And um, so this is where I saw that very, very abusive um, relationship and she would twist his mind so he knew it was wrong, but she was psychologically so twisted to her children that she could walk outside and say, the sky is, is purple. And you'd say, well, no, the sky is blue. And then she'd look at her kids and say, the sky is purple and you know it. And they'd look at it and be like, oh, yeah, you're right, mom. It's purple. I love you. Love me back. You know, just, in it, just you know, so, so she would twist her son against Monica every day. Oh, is what is she paying you? Um, she's paying her son the same amount as as you that's ridiculous this is what happened to you Um, monica and her husband think they're so successful but they're not and these are the reasons why and she would twist and create conflict um, and manipulated her son against monica so it started getting really really messy between her son and monica because of course he's acting out now because she's manipulating his perspective over monica So things started getting really horrible between her son and Monica. It got to the point where I said to Janice, you can't talk about Monica and Monica's family and Monica's children in my house anymore. Her children, my home for 10 years has been like a second home to these kids. And I can't have them thinking that these kind of things are said in my home. I understand that you don't like them. And I understand that you have conflict with them. But you you can't have that in my life. And I was able to give that boundary which infuriating, infuriated Janice. And she replied, "Um, you are just snowed by these people and you allow them to treat you this way and you allow them to do all these things in your life because you're a baby and you don't understand that um, friends don't treat friends this way. And so she started like pull out, just obviously attacking now everybody in my life. So it was my family, my husband. Every time my husband said something, she would have a, you know, something, oh, that's why I'm divorced. You put up with this. So she started manipulating me against my husband. And I started becoming negative about everyone in my life. Even though that's not my nature to talk about people horribly or to see the horrible things in people, I actually am an over-trusting person, which is why Janice ended up in my life. And I actually see the good in people before the bad. But now all of a sudden, Janice is making me see, not making me, I allow Janice to make me see the worst in everybody and i began becoming quite negative which is not something who i am at all so um and i end up you know being quite frustrated in the meantime i'm seeing janice mess around with married men you know um uh married police officer this married rcmp officer from the prairies flew in and had a had a weekend with her And she'd always have an explanation. Well, it's not my fault. They want to buy me things. Well, What was I supposed to do? He was coming. He wanted to spend a romantic weekend with me. What was I supposed to do? And when she got caught messing around with married men, there was always an explanation. Well, he lured me and put me in this situation. He made me do it. He, um, uh, you know, he violated me sexually. He drugged me. There was always stories about why she had to end up with married men and then she was the victim of their advances. So, um, anyways, we go to Europe and, um, this is when her, you know, now that nobody's around the mask absolutely came off. So if I was, um, you know, I, I, everything, I was just in wonderment, um, and in awe of everything I was seeing over there. I love culture and I love history. And, um, she put me down every time I was interested in something or every time I, um, I you know, I, I found something to be amazing and exciting. And it got to the point where she was abusing me so much and I was crying myself to sleep at night um, that, you know, we'd go out and she'd say, well, you know, you're lucky that you have me because you're too stupid to um, figure out the tube system in Europe. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere without me. And so she started saying stuff, like that. Meanwhile, she's still trashing my family. She's still trashing my friends. She's ultra obsessed with Monica. And, um, she's bringing that into our time. So anytime I started interacting with someone, she would throw huge fits and she'd storm off. And then she started saying I was a snob and that I was horrible. And, um, you know, look at me. I think I'm so great. Um, at one point in time, we were at the O2 So we end up walking out of the O2 and she's edgy. She's quite edgy. And she's drunk. Remember, she drinks all the time. So she's quite edgy. And I take my high heels off. I pull out some flats out of my purse and put them on my feet. And she looks at me and she starts screaming like this, like violently screechy, screaming at me that I'm a bitch and that I have problems. And don't I see what a snake I am and what a horrible friend I am. And I'm like, what? And she says, you have flats in your purse this whole time. And I was, I was like, what? And she starts screaming at me. I have been walking through Europe for two weeks with high heels on and you can't even do one night with high heels on for me. Don't you see how fucked up you are? Don't you see what a snake you are? I've seen the true you. I've seen your true colors screaming and yelling at me to the point that few people stopped and asked me if I was okay. So this is like where this manipulation and control, so I quietly take off my flats. I grab my high heels out of the purse. My feet are aching. I put them on. And I silently walk to the cab with her. The next day, I've deleted all my pictures from her, but the next day we toured Buckingham Palace and did a, a downtown London tour, and we went down a ferry down the River Thames. And I kept those pictures from that day. Because if you look at me on that day, I look sick. My eyes are swollen. I don't even look at myself. I don't even look like myself. So I kept those pictures of that day to remind myself that I will never put up or tolerate abuse like this again. So meanwhile... Back to that day. We get home. I'm exhausted. Um, My older brother comes to town. He says, I'm going to this island. So he says, let's go. Um, Me and my family load up in our boat. We all have this wonderful tour together. He must have posted a a picture on Instagram. Remember, no one gets obsessed with men. She also is obsessed with my brother. He's very handsome, very rich, single bachelor. You know, so Janice is upset that I dare take a trip with my brother without inviting her. And she's texting me these rude texts about must be nice for me to go on this trip and being really rude. So I thought, you know, I, I can't stand Janice. I need a break from Janice. Like she's uh, out of control. I can now validate in my mind that Janice is all the things I ever heard about her, but I still, my spirit and my soul was still manipulated and controlled by her. So a week later, Janice gets to my house, and she just shows up, of course, because she was always there. And, of course, I don't pick her out. And she is really still in on all my friends and making me feel negative about everybody. And, I, and I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling negative about everyone. Now my guilt is starting to really go there. Um, and uh, Monica is now you know in this horrible conflict with Janice's son. And Monica was taking it out on everybody. And Monica messaged me this horrible text. And I was exhausted from the Europe trip. I was exhausted from having Janice in my life. I was exhausted from feeling angry at everybody because Janice was telling me that nobody loved me and that none of my friends cared about me and these are the ways how, and your friends all behave like this. And I had a panic attack. I started having a panic attack. And Janice sat there with her arms crossed. And she said... You know you're a grown up and you need to start taking care of yourself. I'm a grown up, while well, you're living in my home, drinking my food, eating drinking my drinks, eating my food, um, taking my clothes, taking every you know taking my jobs, taking my friends, taking my family, and I'm the one that needs to grow up. So um, she's like, you got to fix yourself. So this panic attack was so overwhelming, I couldn't see, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't, I couldn't feel, and it was scary. My body started shutting down. So I drove to the hospital by myself. Janice was like, You get in your car and take yourself to the hospital. As soon as I got to this little urgent care hospital, they immediately hospitalized me. And I don't remember much from there, but I was very, very, very medicated. Now My sister-in-law, my husband, Tom's sister, is trying to get into the hospital to see me. Janice has my cell phone. Janice is controlling over who can see me and what. And Janice says to my sister-in-law, no, no, I'll let you know if she wants to see you. If you want to say something to her, you say it through me. And so Janice is telling, everybody that reported back to me was telling me that Janice was telling them that they couldn't see me. And my sister-in-law was really upset and she felt like, Somehow she was being left out of this family issue and she couldn't figure out why. Janice was at the hospital talking to the doctors, contacting her brother. Her alarm bells were up. So she just came. At this time, I'm very medicated. So I get home and uh, I still am not telling anybody anything. I'm still keeping it quiet. Now remember, I have lived a very, there's been a lot of trauma in my life and I always kept it so quiet. Because I never felt safe. Because I was attacked when I brought up trauma in my past. So I was conditioned not to talk about trauma or when people were hurting me or when bad things were happening to me. So I was the perfect victim for someone to just use. So anyways, I just, I just was very medicated. And so I just stayed home and tried to stay with my children and just wanted to be healthy and so I just, I, I was trying to like, just slowly, gently move Janice out of my life because I couldn't handle another conflict. So I was just trying to just like, kind of just, no, I'm busy. I can't come. So this is when she started out and out attacking me, that she wanted me to go to a nightclub. I said, well, I can't go out to a nightclub. I'm, I'm medicated. Like I'm on anti-anxiety and anti-depression meds. I can't drink. And then she would attack me. I, You're so selfish. I do everything for you and you everything is about you. Your friends are about you. Your family's about you. Everything is about you. And you can't do this one thing with me and go out drinking and partying at a nightclub with me. No, Janice, I can't. And just, you know, so I just started moving her away. So this is when Janice started setting her sight on my husband, Tom. So I would see texts, you know, she would send him pictures all dressed up and nowhere to go. I continued on with my friends. I felt relief that she wasn't around as much. Um, I actually refused to go to jobs. Jobs that I got her, I stopped going to because I know that she would be there, and I didn't want to deal with conflict. She started telling everybody that I was crazy. So she started like going in, you know, telling people that I was abusive to my husband, um, that I was uh, hurting my children, that I was that I was allowing my children to do drugs, do drugs and alcohol in the home. All of these things untrue.
1: Were, were people reporting to you in real time or were they, did you find all this a- out after?
0: All this out after. Okay. But this is now happening now that I'm just slowly pushing her away and she sees it, that I'm just ignoring her and that I don't want her. I'm not inviting her out in my social life anymore. I'm not inviting her to my home anymore. I'm keeping her on the outs of my life. So the, the, little, bits of, the little bits of my life that she was attached to, now she's telling people this. She knows Tom. And she's known Tom for, for, since she was 18, and she knows that Tom does not love me. Um, she met with my sister-in-law. She asked my sister-in-law to come out for drinks. I got to tell you about the real Meredith. And so everybody didn't tell me. Nobody told me about any of this, probably because I was in a precarious state. But also, I think because I'm a sensitive person and I'm so overly kind, that people didn't want to tell me horrible things, what people were saying about me. So anyway, so I, I just kept ignoring her, but she had her claws in Tom and my husband. And I, I finally said, you know, when I was seeing these, you know, Hey bro, how's my bro doing? My favorite family, my brother, my bro, you're my family. So we have a, we have an acreage and we have all kinds of jobs to do. And he, you know, I don't have any money and I don't know what to do. And she'd call him crying and he'd be like, listen, I'll get you some work at my house. Just come here and I have all these jobs and I'll pay you 20 bucks an hour to do these jobs. And I finally said to him, I don't want her here. I said, this is, you know, I've seen her do these things to other people. I've seen her, um, treat people this way. And because I was medicated and because I had this big fight with my neighbor, He just was like, no, you are crazy. You are seeing, you're being negative. Remember, I had gotten negative too because of Janice trying to turn me against everybody. You're negative. She's your friend. You're not seeing that. So she played on that angle with him about my hospitalization and how, you know, that changed me and how she just wanted to help me and how I didn't, you know. So she had her claws in him. And I started feeling... Thankfully, I was medicated, but I started feeling like my whole world was spinning on me. So my husband and I were in this huge conflict about it. So now when Janice would come around, when I'd have friend get-togethers or family dinners, I would just ignore her. I would pretend she wasn't in the room, which is very funny because my mother-in-law, and I would do it in a, I would still, I was still polite, but I didn't include her in my interactions. I was still very nice and polite. And my mother-in-law picked up on it. And um, so anyways, so that was continuing to happen. And Janice, uh, Janice, one day I went over to Monica's house and Janice is there. Janice has, her, her son has been fired from Monica's businesses. Her son has been kicked out of Monica's house. A few weeks later, now Janice has her son's job. Janice has moved in with Monica the way that Janice tried to move in with me. And her son is sitting on my couch crying and shaking, and he can't believe he's been treated like this by his mother. So I bring this up to my husband, and now my husband is drinking a lot. He is partying all the time. Remember, Janice brings the fun. Janice brings the party. It's alcoholism to the next level when Janice is around. So my husband now is, I feel like I'm losing him to this chaotic, chaotic lifestyle. So now Janice is attached to Monica's hip. And remember, I haven't told anybody about anything that's gone on. I haven't told Monica about the horrible things that Janice has said about her. I I haven't told anybody any of it. I haven't told anybody the things that Janice did to me, the horrible things Janice did to me in Europe. In fact, when people talked to me about Europe, I pretended it was beautiful. And I was so thankful that Janice took me. Like, it was next-level lying. It was next-level hiding. It was next-level crazy. So now we're getting into the Christmas season, and I just don't want Janice around. And my husband and I now are fighting about her. And I bring up, I don't want Janice here. She is a troublemaker, and I don't like it. So Janice is there. In the mor- I-, I wake up in the morning, and I hear some rustling around. And I open my eyes, and Janice is coming out of my bathroom in like a, t- in a hand towel and sits on the end of my bed, and is showing us her, her private parts by accident. And I'm like, what is going on? And my husband's being polite to her. What is going on? So finally now I'm angry. Janice has attached herself to Monica. Monica's behaving weirdly towards me. Remember my best friend of 10 years. My husband isn't having problems with... Janice violating our boundaries and social decency. Um, and I'm feeling angry. So I finally reach out to people from the prairies. I start reaching out to people in the prairies, mutual people. Back, that have back, no
1: back to the town where you, all of you were from originally. Yeah. Yes.
0: Because I feel like I'm going crazy. So I start reaching out to people and immediately everyone's like, call me. Immediately, we want to talk to you. Immediately, you're not crazy. So I reached out to some people that they were like, um, they were like Nick's family. And we were actually staying with them when Nick died.
1: And Your first husband.
0: My first husband. Yes. And I say, this is what's happening with Janice. I feel like I'm crazy. And they say, oh, no, you're not crazy. Janice, when, when Nick died, Janice behaved like she was the widow. And she said some horrible things about you. She glommed, she was obsessed with Nick. She glommed to him. None of us were okay with her behaviors. And we were, when Nick moved away and moved back and got together with you, and she was married, she had knocked herself up and got married. Um, we were all so, so exhilarated that she no longer had her hooks in Nick. See, Nick never talked about her. She was a non, just, she was nothing to him. Nick's family didn't talk about her. She was not, like, she only dated him for three months. But she had built this huge story about Nick in her head. And so I talked to more people, and she was obsessed with my son. And would speak about my son all the time and talk about how, um, you know, I'm horrible, and I'm these, you know, I'm a loser, and I'm these, you know, I'm basic, you know, the basic bitch thing. I'm a basic bitch. And how um, Nick's family preferred her. Well, Nick's family wouldn't be able to pick her out in a lineup, but she had this delusional she had this delusional um narrative
1: so, about so for 15 yeah. years for 15 years technically in in a, in a way yes you did know that she existed but you never thought about this individual once and then for 15 years all this other person was doing was thinking and talking about you yes yeah
0: So and this was verified across the board by people and then you know talking about her scamming and her gold digging and her disgusting sexual behavior and one of my friends when when Janice would get obsessed with a man she would stalk the man call the girlfriend's house hang up drive past their house now she just internet stalk like and Janice always had stories about you know, being victims of people blocking her on social media and people being rude to her, outwardly rude to her in public. Well, now I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing some research, and the way that Janice behaved was always horribly. And she, she targeted men that had fiancés, girlfriends, wives, because, it you know, my perception would be it, it made her feel like she was above the woman that they were with, and that was part of her, her narcissistic supply, So my friend was like, she was always the victim of women when she lived here. She was always the victim of women. In fact, um, her ex-husband had a horrible divorce with her. He ended up marrying one of her friends. they have been married like 15 years. And her story to me was he was deeply obsessed with her and loved her. And that's why he married her friend to get back at her. And there's no way that he could be in love with her friend because her friend was ugly, and look at how hot I, Janice, am. How could he go for an ugly girl when he used to have a hot girl? Like, what, what? Like, she would always have these, now she's just coming out with these crazy things. So anyways, so I start doing my research, and I start getting angrier and angrier, and I start bringing up things that Janice has said and done to other people, to my husband, and now he's angry at me for it. He's angry. So anyways, we go on this ski trip, with some mutual friends from the prairies. And I start kind of talking about Janet, how I can't stand her, how she won't leave my life, how she's glommed onto me in all these ways, how, you know, she's done all these horrible things. And my husband won't hear it. And they're all like, yeah, we know. We've known what she's done. Even my husband knows what she's done. This whole community knows who she is. So anyways, so I, I, we go back home. And the day we get back from the ski trip, I go into uh, sister's place because she has my dogs. And she says to me, want to go for a hike?
1: So, sorry, whose who's place?
0: My uh, um, Tom, my husband's sister. Okay. okay. I, go to her, I go to her place the day we get back from the ski trip. And by the way, Janice was texting my husband when we were at the ski trip. Oh, I was going through Monica's phone and found this beautiful picture of my amazing friend. Uh, I just love you and your spirit. And she would text him. And she was texting him the whole time we were in Kona. Not texting me, of course. Texting my husband. So we get back. And uh, I stay at my husband's sister's place. I need a break. And we take the dogs for a hike. When I get home the next morning, Janice and Monica and Monica's husband and my husband are filthy, stinking drunk. Like, next level drunk. Janice is running around my house, shaking her boobs everywhere. Um, and her and Monica are hammered, talking about their big titty power club in front of the children, in front of the husbands. She's all, she when I came into the house, she was very close to my husband in the garage, just the two of them. Um, she was um, she was sitting next to him and she was touching his inner thigh. Um, her and Monica were behaving like I was an outsider coming into my own home, my own relationship, my own best friends, my own husband. And I was, I was just my whole, I started shaking. Like I started physically shaking. I didn't know what was going on. I just, I was, I I just physically started shaking. My husband was so drunk. I couldn't speak to him. I couldn't get through to him. Janice was grinding and pulling her boobs out and grinding against his, his, his penis um, she was spreading her legs, all while Monica laughed. Remember, this is my best friend of ten years, and filmed it. I physically, I, 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 I was traumatized. I physically fight, fight or freeze. You know, people have. Mm-hmm. I started, I started walking away. I, I was like leaving, and Monica's husband was drunk and yelling at me, "Where the fuck are you going? Why the fuck are you behaving this way?" And Monica, and her husband, and Janice all started ganging up on me and my horrible energy. And my husband was just drunk and just sat there and let them all speak like this to me. So I ended up in my own home, checking out and sitting down. I I love reading. I I love, anyway, I I read a chemistry book of all things. I sat down and I read um, how chemistry makes the world some kind of book. And I just, I just checked out. And all this debauchery and all this crazy things are happening in my home. And so anyways, they keep drinking, they keep partying.
1: Are you close to, at this point, like when you walk into your home and all of a sudden your best friend, uh, your best friend's husband, your husband is there, uh, and you know, you have, uh, Janice there, um, and at this point you have to think you're going crazy. Are you close to a nervous breakdown at this point?
0: gone through that nervous breakdown the summer before Mm -hmm. I think I really, I'm very resilient and I'm a very strong person and I think I wouldn't allow my mind to go there so I started shaking and trembling probably moving towards that and I think that that's why I completely shut down and checked out Mm -hmm. like I completely shut down and checked out so I believe yes but that's, I did, I, I, I had a coping survival mechanism in place I guess so Anyways, so my husband goes and passes out. And I say, okay, everyone, Tom pulled the old sneak away. Time for you to go. And Janice looks at me, and her lips are out. And she's like, don't you dare tell me what Tom does. And I said, excuse me? Don't you tell me he's old school. He is my old school. I know what he does. Don't you tell me what he does. And she walked out of the house. So now I'm just exhausted from having that, you know, that fight or flight freeze, you know, that traumatic response. I just go to bed. And the next day, my husband is weird. He's restless. He's whatever. By the end of the day, he tells me about the night before. They had had been partying since the night before, him and Janice. So Janice must have known I wasn't home. So she snuck into my home with, monica and monica's husband and they had this big party and monica uh janice and my husband tom hooked up i don't know exactly what they did but my husband's feeling guilty about it that he's had this sexual exchange with janice Mm -hmm. so and he's feeling beside himself and he wants to tell me i said okay so i text monica uh or i text I text Janice and I say, I know what you did. Your, your mask now is off. You are not welcome in my life anymore. Unbeknownst to me, because, you know, now Janice has longed on to Monica, runs to Monica and says, look what Meredith has texted me. And she's back into that victim thing. I don't know why Meredith is texting me this way. I told you Meredith was mean, you know, all these things. So Monica calls me and says, what's going on? I say, why are you calling me? And I'm upset, and I'm crying. And I said, This is what Janice has done. This is what's happened. No, Monica says, No, it didn't. I said, Yes, it did. It did. Because, of course, Janice is on the other side saying, I don't know what she's talking about. What is she talking about? Monica says, No, she didn't. And I'm, my, my like temper and my incredulous, I just, my whole body was like hot. And I said, Monica, this is my friend of 10 years. This is this woman, I've had her back through and through. This woman is part of my family, and I'm speaking my truth, and she's telling me it's not true? What, Monica? I'll just, I'll let you talk to her. This is, this is a mistake. This is a misunderstanding. So Janice obviously has gone to a place to have a private conversation with me, and I say to my husband, I'm going to put Janice on speakerphone, and you're going to find out who she truly is, how she speaks to me when she thinks nobody's listening. So I put Janice on speaker and I say, I know what you fucking did. And I fucking hate you. I've had enough of you because I'm angry. I don't ever speak to anyone that way, by the way. And um, Janice immediately launches into the offense. Um, Don't I see how fucked up I am? My marriage never. Clearly, I'm not taking care of my marriage. Clearly, uh, this would have never happened if I was responsible and I was taking care of my marriage and don't I see how fucked up I was and I haven't called her for months and can't I see how fucked up that is don't I see what a crazy horrible person I've turned into um that my husband Tom has always wanted to be with her and has feels like he missed his chance with her and it's not her fault he feels that way and my husband is like And that he actually said that to her. And my husband's face was just like, I never said that. I never said that. And she was just, she didn't know she's on speaker. She doesn't know that my husband's listening to her. And so she completely turns the whole scenario around on me and tells me this is my fault. And I'm crazy. And, you know, that's what it is. And I said, I didn't fight her. I just, I just was like, okay, whatever. So, anyways, I let her go. Uh, My husband and I now have some work to do. Some big work. Which, I mean, I, I don't need to get into here because this is about Janice. But, you know, a lot of those things came up. Like, you know, how he now was manipulated and fooled by Janice. And then now he's bringing up the things that Janice has said to him and how Janice you know, can turn people's feelings and emotions and how even at times he was feeling angry with Janice's husband and he loved Janice's husband. Like, why was he feeling angry? So Janice created, you know, she got my husband angry at me um, with her manipulation like she did to me to get angry at every. that's her go. So So, so, so
1: at this point, she has come halfway across the country, become your bestie. Yeah. Then from that point destroyed your relationship with your best friend with members of the community that we probably haven't talked about uh, um and now uh destroyed your family uh, at least Mm -hmm. for the time uh being and we're not going to get into children but obviously she has uh a child uh who probably has a lot of trouble um and might be eventually acting like she does. We have, we have no idea yet. You have your kids that have experienced this, who are exposed to this, who have whatever repercussions that go along with that. So your, your life was, you know, up until this person showed up, was normal. And then it was destroyed. And it leaves you um, with uh, no one to trust. Uh, you know, at that point, uh, you know, you have a, a marriage to work on, I'm sure, you know, cause you live like in a smaller town outside of, of a big town, um, mm-hmm. where it, 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 it's a community destroyer, it sounds like. So, um, you know, what happens to you after this and how do you go, uh, where do you begin on trying to fix what has happened?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, essentially, um, Monica completely cut me out. I haven't actually even talked to Monica since that day that she told me um, that Janice absolutely did not do what I was saying. So I just I just pushed everything away because what was the most important thing was my family. Um, Janice went to people that I work with She went to people that I know personally, and she had the same narrative, and she's the victim of my anger. Um, She also had a story about my son, um, because remember, she's obsessed with my son, and I'm not going to um, get into things about my son. He's 19, so I'm just ignoring everything and everyone and all the rumors, but it's hard. Every time I go out, so, so it's about two months where I'm not really seeing or talking to anyone. I'm just figuring my own shit out. And then I walk into this restaurant that a mutual friend to Monica and I own, uh, that owns this restaurant. She uh, says to me, oh my God, I'm so sorry to hear about you and Monica. And I say, what? Oh yeah. She told, she was raving about how you've ruined everybody's friendships and you're crazy and you're so fucked up and you're this and you're that and you've done this and you've done that. Remember, I've just, I've just, I've just shut everybody out and I'm concentrating on my marriage. So Monica was really working on Janice's uh, narrative to now my mutual friend community. And so every time I ran into a mutual friend, they had something horrible that Monica has said about me and my family to say. And so I could not believe it. So then I started standing up for myself, which caused more problems. Because, I don't know, maybe they went back and told Monica. I'm like, that's bullshit. That didn't happen. And I'm not standing for these lies. So then, then I sort of watched this group of people all bounce these rumors and these horrible things off of each other. It got to the point where I would be at a barbecue and somebody I've never even met before, never even met before, would come to me and say, do you? Because every, Janice is this kind of character. She's got this wildly weird voice. She's got this wildly weird energy. So she's like a, a sight to see. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so people are probably intrigued. Some people are disgusted, and then some people she manipulates. So, so they. This is what, and they would know my story. So you know, Monica had Janice had this story built up in her head about Nick, my dead husband, about Tom, about my child, about how horrible I am, how crazy I am. And this person actually said to me, "I'm really sorry." Um, when I, I, I thought all these things about you and I've actually said a few bad things about you to people and everybody outside that group of people that I talked to were like, Meredith is wonderful. What are you talking about? Meredith is the best. So she said, then she started seeing Janice behave in the ways that they were, that Janice was saying I was behaving. Janice was at Monica's having affairs with all the married men, quite a few of the married men. Janice spoke, um, Janice was drunk all the time. Janice was mean, Janice was hitting on her husband, Janice was negative, Janice was always causing drama. So she started having, you know, she obviously was not manip- was manipulated at first, and so she started having thoughts as, well, yeah, I'd, I'd have a problem with Janice too. Actually, I do have a problem with Janice. So, so, you know, so they were really working on ruining my reputation. So Janice took an offense um, on me. In case I told anybody about her gold digging and her conning and her uh, abuse of, of people and her cheating. So Janice decided to take an offense with Monica and my friend's support. So once again, I just completely walked away. I just took the high road and I walked away. But that didn't mean I didn't stick up for myself. So in the meantime, now I'm dealing with my trauma. I'm dealing with past hurts that have taken me to this place of allowing someone as horrible as Janice in my life. Um, my husband and I are sealing our relationship. We're doing really well and wonderful. Um, Monica is actively speaking bad about my husband to mutual friends um, on behalf of Janice. And, uh, and I know all this. One day, uh, my husband had to call Monica because we thought one of our kids was there. And he calls Monica. And this is after Monica said all these horrible things about my husband and I haven't seen her talk to Monica now in six, seven months and he's got her on speaker and she brings up, he's like, you know, is my kids there? No, they're not here. And then she just starts talking about her and Janice and how they've had this wonderful day together and they're doing, she just brings it up. She just starts talking about it. And then she says to my husband, and now we're laying in the sun with our tits out. Me and Janice's tits are out. And I was like, what, what, what? I said, I looked at my husband, I'm like, get off the phone. And he hung up the phone. And I said, don't you see how weird that is, Tom? Like my husband to, weird, to my husband, I said, don't you see how weird that is? And my husband says, whatever. So my husband's now blocking out all the trauma. He doesn't want to face it. He doesn't want to deal with it. So anyways, I start healing myself. But in the meantime, all of these healing things, people now are telling me about the things that Janice has said about me. My parents are coming forward. My dad, my dad's wife actually came forward. My sister-in-law's coming forward. Everybody, now the story's out. The cover is blown. I know everything. So this is when I started healing and started really looking at myself. And in that, in that, in that way, it gave me an opportunity to heal a lot of my relationships. So I healed that relationship with my beautiful neighbor and we're better than ever. And we're so happy that we're back in each other's lives. And You know, I, I had this opportunity to heal my marriage and, um, and so I was doing all these very positive things in my life, but at the same time, I realized that, uh, you know, when I tried to fit in, um, with a debaucherous morally backwards culture that Janice had brought me in, it drove me to anxious insanity. Wasn't me, wasn't authentically who I was. And so now Janice had brought that culture and exasperated that culture in Monica's life, and so of course I was the enemy. I was the one that broke up all the friends. I just didn't get over it. I just, I just was, um, you know, controlling wife. I made my husband stop drinking. Um, I, you know, so it, 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 it got to the point where when our, some of our mutual friends, so so for instance, one of my mutual friends invited me on a trip. And I ended up kind of humming and hawing whether I could go. And then this was the kicker. She said to me, I said, well, I don't think I can go. And she said to me, well, can you do me a favor and not mention to anybody that I've asked you to go? What? 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 Because Monica and Janice had created this culture of me being the enemy so widely that it worried my mutual friend to Monica that she's invited me somewhere was a C she had to be friends with me in secret, obviously Mm -hmm. interact with me in secret. I don't know what that meant, but that's a weird thing to do. And so, so just sort of this culture of people, you know, like, like for instance, somebody wouldn't want to go work for Monica's company. And the next thing I would know is they would start rumors in our small community that the reason why that person wouldn't come work for them is because I have, I have um, poisoned that person against Janet. Like, I couldn't get free of all the bullshit they were saying about me, even though I didn't even know that person that was going to go work for them. So then they created this narrative. Janice was able to manipulate Monica and create this narrative that I was mean. That I was mean to her. I was this mean person. So Janice continued to do horrible things to people. Monica now is numb to it. I, I can't speak to her situation. Uh, Monica has ruined her relationship with my mother um, by her behavior towards my mom. Uh, When I see Monica in public, she can't look at me. She looks the other way. Um, Monica has uh, allowed Janice to say horrible things about me in front of her children, who her children tell my children. My children have even heard some of it. Um, I've had mutual friends tell me, tell your kids not to tell Monica's kids things because then Monica won't have anything to gossip about you. Like blame my kids for Monica gossiping about me and my children. Um, it, It was this weird group of people that were all against me. And I was just trying to heal my marriage and I was just trying to heal my family. And I was just trying to find joy in my life and do me. I'd completely walked away from this group of people because I knew that I couldn't safely coexist with Janice. I know that. So Janice somehow manipulated. So a few of my friends at the time were angry. We're not going to be near Janice. Janice isn't allowed in our home. But Monica kind of is the queen bee of that friend group. So what Monica says happens. So Monica, um, you know, has just brought her around, brought her around. And now they all just accept Janice and Janice's behavior and what Janice did to me, what Janice did to my kid, and what Janice did to my marriage. And so it actually... You know, for me, where are your, you know, Janice, I brought Janice to this group of people. Janice only knew you guys for a year. And you guys are all okay with her speaking about me this way. I'm the one. Isn't, doesn't that, isn't that backwards to you? We're all adults. We're all discerning adults. We are, some of us are business people. Some of us are professionals. How, how is this happening? So I ended up writing Monica a letter. So Monica calls my husband. And this is what Monica has been doing. She calls my husband and says, oh, I don't know. Meredith's mental state must be, must be. Is she okay? Her mental state isn't good. Um, She sent me all these nasty texts and she attacked me. And I, you know, I don't know what that's all about. But why would somebody lie about texting? It's very, so I come and I show my husband the phone and he's like, well, that's, that's nothing what Monica told me. What happened? You didn't attack her. You just, she attacked you and you told her you weren't willing to have a conversation like that. So Monica now has this narrative that I made her choose between me and Janice, which I did no such thing. Her and I have never even had a conversation about Janice. And that now she is the victim of me as well. That's what she's telling our mutual friends. And she's actually going after some of my friends now who are trying to be close with me or, or who have close relationships with me. So now Monica is Janice's ultimate ultimate attack dog Mm -hmm. on my person. And it's very hurtful because someone, you know, someone that's known you and spent time with you for that long, when they run around and say bad things about you, people are like, well maybe it's true. They were friends forever. Why would she say something like that? That's how Janice got me, because I don't say things that aren't true. I don't make stuff up about people. So I innately reversed projected my goodness onto Janice when she would make things up about people and she would say horrible things about people I just assumed that they were true because I wouldn't say things that weren't true I wouldn't make rumors up about people I wouldn't you know do start manipulating and start crap about people so I just assumed that Janice would either so I'm assuming that's what Monica thinks as well mm-hmm. I want to believe the best in her um, you know so I'm still you know this is now a year and a half and I'm still just moving on with my life and, you know, just a week ago, uh, Monica called my husband and uh, yelled at my husband and said that I'm uncivil and that I'm not getting over any of this. I haven't seen... Remember, I haven't seen Monica. Like, the only time I've seen Monica in public is when she walks by me and looks the other way. But we haven't spoken words to each other. Mm-hmm. We don't... Nothing. So, so, Monica calls my husband. I'm uncivil. It's been a year. Why am I not getting over this? Don't... I see... Same language as Janice's. Don't I see what I'm doing to everybody? Her children miss me and love me. And and when I was in a store, I saw her and walked the other way and walked out of the store. And how dare I do that to her? So my husband confronted her. And he said, you know, we know all these things. Every man that's mutual friends with us, every person that's mutual friends with us, everybody has told on you about the horrible things you're saying about my wife. She denied all of it. And then she started attacking my husband, saying that I was mean to Janice and why I'm so mean to Janice. I'm just mean to Janice. Remember, I have never been mean to Janice. I told Janice I didn't want her in my life and told her, you know, get out. That's it. That's it. That's as mean as I got to Janice over these years, the day I caught her cheating with my husband.
1: So, um,
0: so, and that's, sorry,
1: how are you Do Like what, in the aftermath of this, what have you and your, uh, your therapist been working on, um, the most and what okay. has been the most difficult?
0: Oh, yes. So, you know, so something that's difficult is the triggers. So clearly this drama, even, even though I walk away from it, even though I, won't engage in it, even though um, I, like, like, you know, this phone call that Monica made to my husband even a week and a half ago. This is, like, so long. Like, we're so past all this stuff. This stuff triggers that trauma. Does that make sense? Yeah. That phone call triggers the trauma of everything that Janice did. It triggers the trauma that Janice made someone that I spent 10 years investing in, that I believed in not believe in me. This, you know, so so that's very, very horrible. And every time Monica attacked my character and then, you know, has to bring Janice is you know, because now, remember, Janice is pretty much living with them and in her space all the time. And same thing as me. So I understand and have compassion for that through therapy and learning that I was tricked one time. So, of course, other people janice has made her life janice doesn't have a career janice it doesn't have hobbies janice doesn't have volunteer interests. janice's whole life has been about the way she looks and the way that she manipulates people to get what she wants from them so janice is a master at it so i can have forgiveness and compassion for people that now are manipulated by her and now um uh are a part of that chaotic. I mean, it's chaos. It's, it's not, I mean, uh, you know, an inside source has told us how chaotic it is with her in their life. I I can't speak to exactly what's going on, but I understand. I know. So, so, um, so I can have compassion for people that are also manipulated, you know, like these flying monkeys, if you will, you know, I can have compassion um for people that are manipulated by that because that's their that's their lane. Their lane isn't developing themselves, their lane is manipulating other people to get what they want from them. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's a it's you know like you know I'm just watching the Jeffrey Epstein story and this is this is how these insidious people get so far because they're socially fun. They are uh, attractive. They seem like they're harmless. They have harmless, you know, demurs. They seem uh, gentle. They're always, they're never wrong. They're always a victim of someone else. And for whatever reason, these codependent, I, I learned I was codependent. Uh, maybe Monica is too, probably. These codependent people then are like, I'll just take care of you. I'm going to ignore the red flags because you're a victim and you make me feel so good for helping you. Because that's what Janice did. She made me feel so good for helping her. She had no friends. Nobody liked her. She uh, had no um, pa- like. She had no money. She had no this, and she just wanted to change. And she just wanted to have a happy, good life. Oh, well, uh, come here, Janice. I'll help you. Not knowing that she had an agenda, I would have not let Janice walk down my driveway if I would have known what she was up to behind my back for fifteen years. Not a, not a, but then again, we don't tell each other. We don't talk about these things because it seems like these personalities, which I learned in therapy, are so sensational that when we speak about what they're doing, it's hard for people to believe it. Does that make sense?
1: Mm hmm. Sometimes, I think for the specific type that Janice is, mm -hmm. um, they like to. It's hard. It's hard for uh, uh, people to understand who are who are listening to this and and and, and don't know, have never been through it. But there's a specific type that um, somehow it, it, they are able to have friends, but those people don't talk to each other about what is going on. It's like they know if they talk about what is going on with each other, there's this fear in a way that things will change. So everyone, it's kind of like they've segregated everyone, even though they're all together. So no one would talk uh, negatively or say uh, anything about the negative things that they are actually seeing. And um, it's, you know, because one of the things that a lot of people deal with is, is, you know, Technically, I'm like you're like. Oh, I didn't do anything bad, but I watched a lot of bad things happen, and I never said anything about it, and I never mm-hmm. did anything about it. And it, it was, uh, it's hard to explain how they do it, but um, the 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 type of uh, narcissist that is able to do it is able to do it quite easily in a way of of having people, uh, even within like if you're you know within that group to not talk at all is that is that am i on uh the right path with what you were talking about
0: you're you're right on the money and like you know i have i have deep compassion for monica because she truly believed that i'm the monster here like by all intents and purposes of her perception that that it's me and um and clearly i have never conned anybody stolen from anybody slept with anybody's husbands abused my children Abused my husband. Uh, I've never, you know, tried to destroy somebody, try to steal their job, try to steal their life. I've never done any of those things. Janice has done all those things.
1: It's in a sense, a better way to put it is you don't know which person, like, uh, let's say the Janice uh, isn't there and now you have like four people in the room. You don't know which one of those people you can trust opening up to. So no one yeah. says anything because no one knows who's going to be the reporter going back. So, you know, so if you say something to the wrong person and that person's agreeing with you, yes, I understand 100%. But guess what? But that person <laughs> went and told everything that you said, thinking like, oh, we're finally going to be talking about this, like what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then in the aftermath, uh, I'm sure something that you've dealt with is uh, shame um, yeah. for, you know, extreme shame for uh, going along with uh, what you saw for a very long time. Um, yes. And it's it's hard – that is hard to deal with, um, especially if you're walking around and, uh, you know, some of us have uh, trauma and, uh, and have flashbacks. And sometimes you yep. can flash back to those moments and um, it's painful, um, mm-hmm. th- those moments of um, how you feel about yourself, how uh, you are – um, you know, cause you know that what type of person you are. And then for yeah. a, a brief moment of time, um, that person was lost and, um, uh, hurtful things happened to other people. And you were part of that by not saying anything.
0: Yes. I was part of that by not saying anything. I was, you know what, you know what that is too? You know, I'm, like I'm watching this Jeffrey Epstein story and about how far he got the, you know, these evil people it's complicit. It's almost like you're just being complicit to what's going on, um, and not talking about it. And and the thing is, is it it is a big deal when someone tries to ruin a family and a marriage and come in between people. It is a big deal when people um, say hurtful things about children. It, all of these things are a big deal, and this whole group of people are like, well, it's not a big deal, get over it. She's fun to party with, what's your problem? You know, um, because they... People have a hard time also putting themselves in your shoes because it's not their experience with the narcissist. The narcissist is very choosy over what they reveal to people. See, for me, she fully believed she had complete control over me. She had huge contempt. Like I didn't. I she her her lip used to snarl when she would talk to me. Talk to me. Like and every she would put me down covertly all the time. Like like if i got excited about something she would ha- make me feel guilty about it or make me feel not well about it um like i i did a stand up bit in in europe i did this uh, open mic night i love comedy and i bombed uh but it was fun to do and the um the manager of the of the comedy club took this really great shot of me and because she is like overly sexual to men, she always gets men's numbers and gets men's Instagram and Facebook contact information. So she had the club manager's information. And he messaged her and said, do you think I could get a hold of Meredith? And her response to him was, um, no. Uh, Meredith has a big, bare, jealous husband, which I don't, by the way. My husband and I are the least jealous people of all, which is why Janice got as far with my husband as she did, because I just didn't, don't believe people could do that to me. Because I would never do that to someone else. Like, my jealous meter is, like, low and uh and she said no her husband is a big bear of a man who's super jealous so if you want to say something to her you can say it to me and he said well I have this wonderful picture of her and I want to put it on this billboard in Europe and I just want to ask her permission and she went yeah she'd be okay with it and he went okay so she was controlled because she was so jealous and so contemptuous over everything about me that she didn't want me getting attention she didn't want me having opportunity that she so anytime anyone was um, nice to me she came up with ways to tell me that I was less than so I said oh my god that's so cool I'm on this new billboard in Europe and she looked at me and she's like it's just for a week you know and she had just like contempt and her lip was all curled up and so she had this way of like anytime I had something or something good was happening she had this way of being able to control my emotions and put me down and so and so you know That was for me. But to my husband, she would act like the ultimate woman and the ultimate best friend while she was trying to destroy his character to me behind his back. Anytime he said something, you Mm -hmm. know, manipulate me against and change my perceptions over situations with him. But to him, she was the ultimate buddy. So she had different faces for each person based on what she could get out of them.
1: Yes. So so before we leave today what is your uh, or you, what, what is your word of wisdom for everyone else, else out there who might be going through the same thing with a friend which is yeah. something new or just in general when it comes to uh, toxic people like this
0: There's two things about this situation is that at the time I felt hopeless I felt like my world was crumbling around me. I felt like I was alone in all ways. I just I just felt like I was alone. And this is where I reached for who I am in, in the inside, is that I decided that in terms of the people in my life that had been snowed by Janice and gone against me with Janice, like my husband, um, if I... You know, I did that, and I would want compassion, and I would want forgiveness, and I would want um, an, a, a chance to redeem myself um, after dealing with someone that's horrible. So I opened that up for my husband. If You know, if I cheated on you, if I got snowed by a manipulative person, because this is how people, you know, this happens all the time to people. So I would want forgiveness. So I'm going to do my best to forgive you, and I'm going to work on forgiving myself. I'm not quite there yet about myself. But I'm, I'm working on it every day. And, and, that, and that when I felt like I was alone, which I probably was, and I, I felt like I was alone, that I decided to take each day one day at a time. Today I'm going to get up, and today I'm going to reach for outlets that will be healthy for myself, exercise, talking to a very trusted loved one. If you don't have a trusted loved one to talk to, reaching out to mental health professionals, Um, creating a new routine for myself that was away from sort of uh, my old friendship that no longer I was safe in. So um, finding opportunities to get that confident back and inviting someone that maybe wasn't in my circle before for coffee and building and establishing new connections with other people and putting myself in situations that will never be toxic like that again. And so so it was kind of this weird, although everything shattered and everything fell apart, and I was so sad, it actually was this weird gift to me that I could build new, that I had new learning skills. You know that whole thing? You don't know until you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, now, well, now I know. So I have this new set of skills because I decided to pull myself out of that victim mode, which is very hard to be in. Like... Of course, you've been victimized. Of course, I've been victimized. Of course, these horrible things have happened to me. But I'm the only one that can change it. And I'm the only one that can pull myself out of it at the end of the day. And I'm worth it. I'm a good person that got caught up in some bad stuff. That's it. You know, I I know good people that are caught up in some bad stuff. That's it. And you know what? We're not walking on the same path today. And that's okay. Like, it's okay that I am no longer walking on the same path as Monica. It's okay that, you know, her life does not uh, suit me any longer. It's okay. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. And then, you know, as I heal those past traumas and those past triggers, um, so I, 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 you come to that place where, where it no longer suits you in any way to fall victim to the narcissist narrative. And it's, it's, It's actually a gift to learn that all of us have that resilience. All of us have that ability to love ourselves. And all of us have the ability to demand better in our lives. And weirdly enough, uh, I am coming to the place where I'm thankful uh, that I was given this opportunity to uh, learn something new.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. That's very powerful, and I hope everyone uh, takes in uh, what she said and is able to move from being a victim to a survivor to a thriver. Um, mm-hmm. Where where you're going? So, thank you very much yeah. for, for for sharing your story. You know, we've it's been uh, you know almost a whole entire year in, until we uh, did this. And I'm really thankful that you are here to share this uh, story. And I'm happy that you're getting to the place where you uh, want to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, you know, things still upset you, but it's okay. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be mad. And you just move on and make make yourself a better day. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Meredith, thank you once again for being here. And for everyone else out there who is listening, I hope you have a good night.